Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Creature Feature, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your ghost of mini parasites, Katie Golden. It's actually Katie, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology. And today on the show, it's a Halloween-isode! Hags, slime frogs, and the boogie-woogies who can kill you with a touch. Discover this more as we answer the age-old question, can we use ectoplasm as a substitute for egg whites and baking? Joining me today is my friend, co-host of a plethora of podcasts on the Gamefully Unemployed Network, including Hypecast and We Just Watched with Tom and Dave, also a writer with me on Summer News, Dave. Welcome. Hi. Do I, what's my spooky name? Dave. Bell has an obvious rhyme. Bell. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, hell, Dave. Hell, Bell. Oh, yeah. It's not. It's it's David. It's, David Bell. Da- Damn it! I was it's gonna fine. say David Hell, but then I said David Bell. Yeah, David, David Bell, parentheses, hell. hell. Yeah. Hell. Yeah. Hell. Yeah. yeah. Nice. It's not great. It's not great. Well, you Hi, know. thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, this is a very spooky episode. It is Halloween. At least it should be Halloween, hopefully, when you're listening to this. Um, so, you know, happy Halloween, everyone. Hope you're 
eating a lot of candy, dressing up as ghouls, um, you know, having a good time, mm-hmm. uh, wear bright reflective clothing, uh, watch out for kitty cats, you know, all those things. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're the proud ghosts. of ghosts. Look out for ghosts. Yeah. Be nice to ghosts tonight. Like. A lot of right. them, I think, are probably going to be extra sensitive because everyone's like, ooh, a ghost. And they're like, yeah, okay, that's kind of mean. Right. If you mean. hear, if you hear like the sounds of like groaning coming from like a graveyard, um, honestly, go check it out because that person probably needs help. Right. Yeah. yeah. Don't it- just go, a ghost and run like that person probably needs your help. Yeah, ghosts typically don't make noise. Uh, they're right. you know, and but human beings who are like felt like tried to tour a graveyard and then fell into a hole and broke their ankle, they do make sound. So yeah, check they that make out. A lot of sounds. Yeah, um, yeah, just you know, uh, enjoy enjoy Halloween. You know, check your candy for like hidden uh, vegetables and throw Ew. those out. Yeah. I saw a post where someone was wrapping Brussels sprouts in tin foil to look like Fer- Ferrero Rocher uh, candy, and that's like the worst. That's mean. Ca- that's so mean. Um, I love that candy. If I got that, I I would break out into tears and that's, never trust another human again. I would break out the toilet paper. That's mm. where the trick comes into trick or treat, mm-hmm. right? And then you poop on their lawn and wipe yep. yourself with the toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> That's the trick. Well, uh, mm. I hope that you are excited for this episode because I have some creepy creatures to share with you. I also found um, the worst Halloween soundboard in existence, which I'm really excited about um so you know i hope you are too just uh here is a little sample of that with uh this this spooky halloween sound (laughs) oh my goodness yeah they're they're having so much fun what was the joke they told i don't know here's here's a witch sound God, also laughter. I love that they're all laughing. Yeah. This one is just called blood. (laughs) That's the sounds of blood, all right. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, it's a free Halloween soundboard that uh, I lovingly picked out for this episode. Um, So uh, let's get right into it and talk about some of the ghoulish creatures that are very Halloween-y, very spooky, very slimy. First, we're going to talk about the Goliath frog. Mm. Wait, that's not. Is there a sound? That's not really. I feel like that's not that. What was that, a radiator? I don't really. Yeah, it's a haunted radiator. Yeah. Here, wait, let me try that again. Let's talk about the Goliath frog. Jesus, they are like, yeah, it's a water phone where they always play that as like the spooky sound, but it sounds like they're really rocking out on it, like getting a little excited there. So, Mm. yes, the Goliath frog. Do you remember there was a fake video going around a while of like this guy who had this giant frog, like the size of a small chihuahua. He feeds it a banana and everyone was freaking out about how huge this frog was. Did you ever see that? 
Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, it was fake. Uh, it was a video. Actually, I know it was a video of an Australian green tree frog and they're beautiful frogs, uh, but they only grow to be around four inches or 10 centimeters long. There's no such thing as a frog the size of a chihuahua. That would be ridiculous. I'm kidding. There totally is. Mm. Uh, and it is the Goliath frog. So this is the world's biggest frog. And is it Australian? No, no. Uh, it is actually found in a relatively small area of West Central Africa in Cameroon and Equatorial Guinea. And they are just big. They're, they're big boys and they're loving, they're loving life. Uh, and they like to live in sandy rivers, in forested, humid, warm areas. They are absolutely gigantic. They can grow to be over a foot long from nose to butt. So it's not even cheating where, you know, like they splay something out. It's like, well, when you stretch out its legs, it's like a foot long. No, from its nose to its booty butt, it is a over a foot long, not That's even including awesome. its legs. Yes. I'm looking at things like that are like my keyboard and stuff that are approximately a foot long. That's a big, mm -hmm. that's a big frog. It's a big frog, big frog. Uh, I, they, they can weigh over seven pounds or three kilograms, which is larger than a lot of chihuahuas. Yeah. This thing, it could eat a chihuahua if it, it was <laughs> so inclined. I envy this frog because I think frogs are the chillest of creatures. You want to eat a chihuahua? Oh, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. exactly. <laughs> no, they're so they're so relaxed. They just they're, yeah. they're these uh, they're like they're like rocks but alive, and I love them for it. And they're like the there's there's not much else like them in my head. Yeah. Like yeah, there's like lizards and alligators, but they're all like stretched out. Frogs are the only ones that are like I'm gonna bunch up and be like yeah. this little ball of meat blob form. Um, yeah. No, I like. Yeah, that. they're like. The rabbits of the reptile world. I don't know. I, I don't know how else that. To... Yeah, no, they totally yeah. are. I really love that description. They, well, rabbits of the amphibian world to be. Right. Uh, you know, My bad. That's you should feel bad. But <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. It's true. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. A, a, a fun little fact about them other than their size is that they are mostly silent. Like you would think that this huge frog would have a big frog voice, but they're actually mostly mute. They don't huh. even have a vocal sac and don't produce mating calls. Uh, they can whistle, though, and it's like this squeaky, wheezing whistle that they use to get <laughs> the female's attention, which is really funny because it's world's chunkiest frog, this big Goliath frog looking, you know, absolutely like a whole mountain. And then it goes like, <laughs> I was really hoping it was like a cartoon, like, <laughs> Wolf like a, whistle yeah. to the ladies. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like, please mate with me. Yeah. <laughs> like also, yeah, imagine being in a swamp and you're hearing something whistle and you're like, who is that? And you look <laughs> over and it's a frog staring at you. I would love to get hit on by a swamp monster, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, thank oh, you. Yeah. They don't care if I didn't shower today. They think that's exactly. great. Oh yeah, they encourage it. They're like, get in this swamp. Yeah, get, get in more this swamp. swampy. Get getting these duckweeds with me. Mm -hmm. that, that you know? So when they that's the life. That's, that is the life, living the swamp life. When they when they do mate uh, these Goliath frogs, they actually construct private pools for their offspring, building a nest in or near a river. 
and they'll either dig a pool near the river and allow water to seep in it from the nearby water source, sometimes like building a channel from the river to the pool, or they'll wall off a pre-existing slow-moving pool in the river by moving rocks and creating this dam. Uh, so yeah, these guys are so huge, they can lift rocks and do construction work like slimy beavers. That's so cool. Also, good on them. Nobody likes public displays of affection. So like creating a private little lagoon for themselves. Yeah. That's so yeah. romantic. <laughs> like I remember teenagers, or as a kid in teenagers, we used to do that in creeks. Like you'd, you'd dam it up to make a little swimming, swimming hole. You Your know? own personal swimming hole. Yeah. I, I grew up in San Diego. So you'd go to the beach and you'd just dig a hole and sit in that hole. So I oh, feel yeah. like there must be somewhere deep in our primordial brains some kind of shared evolutionary history with these frogs where it's like you just sometimes you just like to be in a wet hole yeah of course <laughs> they love it so um it's thought that the males construct the nest while the females guard the nest against predators but it's actually not really known because the male and female frogs are very hard to tell apart. They're basically the same size. So we don't really like someone's like, yeah, I think that's a male, but they're not sure. But regardless, one of them builds the private pool. One of them guards it and they lay their tadpoles there. And in fact, the the pool construction industry that these frogs engage in is a theory for why they evolved to be so beefy. Because the idea is that the frogs that were better able to construct sturdy, safe pools for their offspring had more of their tadpoles survive because, you know, they're, they're separated from the predators in the river. And if you're bigger, you can heft rocks around and dig better pools. So then they just turned into these little froggy beefcakes. Aww. I know, adorable. I know what everybody's wondering. What do they eat? Chihuahuas? Well, uh, not quite. Uh, they eat worms, spiders, insects, crabs, mollusks, fish, other frogs, baby turtles, snakes, small mammals, and sometimes bats. Basically anything that's uh, smaller than them. Like that's yes. that's the, the anything that's in front of them is what it sounds yes, like. Absolutely. They don't eat chihuahuas, but if a chihuahua walked by them, they'd think about it. They would. I, I feel like they would eat a puppy chihuahua. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm confident yeah. they would. Uh, typically, I don't think Chihuahua puppies roam around that area, but if they did, mm -hmm. they'd be in a heap of trouble. Yeah, uh, if you're in this area and you're a puppy Chihuahua, you get, yeah. out, you get out of there. Head on a swivel. So they yeah. are hunted as a food source, these Goliath frogs, uh, though uh, by humans, actually. Um, but because they are endangered, local communities have worked to make sure they hunt them in only sustainable amounts. So fingers crossed that that works. Yeah. And cute fact about the Goliath frog, they are shy. Oh. They were introduced to the pet trade, which isn't ever that great for uh, these like wild animal communities. But apparently they're too shy to be good pets. Oh, they so, just hide? So, yeah, like they do not like, they really don't want to interact with you. They don't want you to look at them and they like are way too shy. Uh, so in addition to it never being really good to have like an exotic pet in terms of uh, their, like what that does to their populations. Uh, yeah, they're, they're just, they're too shy. So like they're, they don't, they don't want to hang out. They just yeah, want to be in their wet. Yeah, they just want to build a wet hole and stay in it. We just I'm, respect them from afar. What what business do we have in the frog world anyway? Mm, like, yeah. 
like the idea of eating frog legs. I'm like, why though? Why? <laughs> like, look at these things. Do you want? Do you want your life to intersect with them at all? No. And I lost our, our entire French audience just tuned mm-hmm. out. <laughs> yep. Sorry. I'm sorry. But like, you know, we're we they have no business in our world. We have no business in their world. We can respect each other from a distance. Us and frogs. Our young might occasionally pick them up. Yeah. You know? But then they pee in their your hand and they they hop away. Yeah, I, I used to pick up frogs all the time. I loved them. Yeah. I would try to keep them as pets. That never worked. Um, well, they're neat. They're they the are definition cool. of neat. They're very neat. You find a frog yeah. and it's neat and they're wet and they kind of j- hop around and they make a little sound when they land yeah. on you. And it's great. I love them so much. But yeah, there's like, a because these frogs are so shy, there's like a ton that we don't know about this frog's behavior, which is kind of shocking because they are the world's largest frog, the most obvious frog, right? Right. These, they're these little teeny tiny frogs that we like, you'll read about like, oh, we just discovered this new frog. And it's usually these little teeny tiny guys and they're... Uh, often they're called like microhylid frogs, these little itty bitty guys, like sometimes the size of like a pinky fingernail. It's like, okay, well, obviously we didn't, we don't really know much about them. They're so small. We literally can't see them. But this frog is huge and we barely know anything about them uh, because yeah. they're so shy. And it's crossed the like the cat threshold, which is to me when an animal is a certain size where it's like, oh, I, I want to take that animal and put it in a crate. And it's like, right. technically I could, but it's not going to make it easy. Yeah. It's going to hurt you. Like these frogs yeah. are big enough where it's like, you want, you want to pick one up? Like we have a picture in here of a guy who I believe is a Jim Henson puppeteer picking up <laughs> this. Like he just looks like he lives in the seventies, um, picking up the he frog. And the frog is not into it. Yeah. Doesn't he? He just no. looks like you imagine you like replace the frog with Ernie uh, in that picture. And it I mean, fits. You, I, you had Kermit was right there, and you didn't. I, 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 I <laughs> actually right. kind of respect you for that a little bit. Thank um, you. Yeah, no, it does. It is funny. It does look like Jim Henson, but sort of like as if Kermit the Frog and Jim Henson just was run through a realism filter or something. And it's like <laughs> here right. I am with with Kermit the Frog, and yeah, yeah looks completely checked out. Um, <laughs> it's not into it. In both no. pictures, it's being held. And all it's thinking about is when it gets to not be held. Yeah. I mean, part of it, too, is because they probably have a sense that they should not be around a larger animal because, like, they are they are hunted for food, both by humans and other larger animals. So right. he's thinking, like, Jim Henson over here is going to eat me. So, you know, right. look at, like, because look at his legs. They're so beefy. He does not skip leg day, and he knows that gourmands are going to see those and imagine a nice meal. He, yeah, he's got he's 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 got like a ninja turtle legs. Yeah, uh, it's pretty um, incredible. Yeah, yeah, he does. He is a little bit in the the pose of like you know the hello my baby, hello my darling. Hello, my, <laughs> yeah, that that whole thing. A little bit posing, doing a that. A little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that is the world's largest frog. It turns out that the real monster was us for trying to hold this frog and make it uncomfortable. That makes so much sense. I, I'm willing <laughs> to bet the real monster will be us uh, for a lot of the animals uh, yeah. stuff. It's like freaking 79 degrees in like uh, October. Yeah. So, huh. Wonder, yeah. wonder what that. wonder what that's about. <laughs> I wonder who the real monster huh. is. Yeah. yeah. Wonder, <laughs> 
Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about some hags. <laughs> oh, she's so happy. <laughs> Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. So we're back and we're going to talk about the hagfish. Oh my God! Wow, this one... storming where you are. Yeah, it goes on a while here. I'm gonna... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, rain tends to. Yeah. Yeah, usually... I mean, I guess that is the thing with, like, when there's, like, a dramatic thunderclap, usually then there's just, like, more of it, and then you're trying to do more of the story, but then Mm -hmm. it keeps thundering, so... (laughs) I love the idea of a soundboard with, like, like rainstorm and it's like 35 minutes i think that is probably what this actually is i i have to emphasize again this is maybe the worst halloween soundboard i've ever found which is why i'm using it so hagfish are actually one of my favorite weird creatures uh they are a primitive fish that are over 300 million years old And they look like this weird cross between like an eel and an alien. And they're kind of this like, they're basically this gray or pink kind of worm-like thing. They can grow to be around 20 inches or 50 centimeters in length. And they are literally spineless. And that's not an insult. Mm, No, it's not. Have you uh, seen the movie Dreamcatcher? 
No, I haven't. Based off a Stephen King book that he wrote while he was on painkillers, I believe, because <laughs> he'd been hit by a car. Or a oh, van. that's not as funny, but it's yeah, yeah. I mean, he's fine, but it's not his <laughs> finest. It's not his finest story, mm-hmm. um, and it's about aliens that, um, let's say, come out of your butt. Oh. Uh, and uh, they're taking over, uh, and they're trying to go to the Quabbin Reservoir to take over Boston in the movie. It's one of notoriously the worst movies based off Stephen King. Uh, and like I'm saying best, all this, to s- it, it, you should watch it, because it's a big swing. And let me tell you, it, it doesn't exactly hit it out of the park, <laughs> um, but it's a big swing. And the aliens in their larval state look exactly like this. I wonder if they, uh, the, do you think they the actually mouse. used them or like used them? I'm ha- almost the certain they must have, yeah. Those poor well, fish. Well, th- they used them as inspiration for sure. Right. Well, yeah, yeah so th- they really do, they have a very alien look because they are, they're essentially like, they look like a worm, but kind of not a worm because they don't have segments and they're huge. Uh, like, yep. uh, you know, they are, they kind of look like an eel, but then they don't have a face. They just kind of have a mouth hole. Uh, you can not really see their eyes. Uh, they do have eye spots, but again, like you can't really see them. They're, they're just very eerie and primitive looking. Yeah, um, they look like a big worm. Like when you right. uh, a worm comes out of the mud and it's like a big pink worm and you're like, what are you? Where's your face? What, what's your whole deal? <laughs> right. It's the same thing where you look at this creature and you're like, how how are you? How are you doing? Yeah, you what, can't, what's going on here? You can't really make eye contact with it. And that's always tricky when yeah. I'm trying to relate to an animal. Um, but what's, uh, yeah, they have no vertebral column and they also have no jaw. And what's even weirder about this is there is the, uh, I mean, the current leading theory about the hagfish is that they actually once did have a spine, but lost it because there are some of these like semi-formed vertebrae like structures that just kind of don't seem to do anything. And so they think that they actually had a spine and then they were like, you know what? I don't need it. I love like, that. For them. <laughs> yeah. I love that they were like evolving and they're like, wait, I just want to be a worm. I just want to be a yeah. weird worm. I was a freaky yeah. worm. Yeah. Just like this is this is junk. This is this is useless junk. The spine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm in I water. Why do I need it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they uh, have uh, no fins. They have like a ridge along the spine and uh, tail, but. Yeah, really not much in the way of fins. Um, and they move around by undulating its whole body. So, yeah, very, very weird, creepy movements. And additionally, they are absolutely covered in slime. The slime is a whole thing. We're actually going to get back to that later. But I mm. just, you need to have that too to like imagine these creatures. They're very slimy. Um, and in addition to that, their skin is very loose fitting and weird like that roach alien uh, from the original Men in Black, which is uh, what that, that actor's name, D- D'Onofrio? Vincent, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Amazing performance. One of the like one of my favorite like he's sort so of good. like corny character actor performances because he he really does make it. He really sells the I'm an alien inside a human skin suit things so Dino- well. Yeah. D'Onofrio understands the assignment. He he I mean, he was in full metal jacket. Like he's a he's an amazing actor. And then he'll also every now and then do these roles where he's like, I'm going to have a blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of them. He nails it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they look like 
It's like some alien stole like an eel's skin and is now kind of like writhing inside of it because the skin is very loose fitting. Yeah. In fact, it is really only firmly attached to the muscles along the back. So this ridge along the back is the only place where the skin is actually attached to the muscles. There are also a few points. I think there are some slime glands where it's also attached <laughs> to the slime glands, but mostly it is unattached other than to the spinal ridge or not spinal ridge. They don't have a spine. Sorry. Just right. back ridge. It's like the Dr. Zoidberg of, of ocean life where it's like, <laughs> I'm just going to be a freaky weirdo. Yeah. I'm just going to be all sorts of weird and gross. I don't have a spine. My skin isn't attached <laughs> to anything. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. I love them. Yeah. Because they're just like, I'm just here to creep out like dolphins. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh, and they certainly creep out other fish. We'll get into that. But Good. yeah, they... Uh, uh, yeah, it is just basically a loose-fitting sack, this skin. And it's also filled with blood. So there's a bunch of blood in that interstitial space between the muscles and the skin. So they're oh just God. like... So, like, they have a huge volume of blood, like, like just right under the skin. And so when they move around, they look like a slimy, wriggly skin sock filled with some kind of fluid, which is actually oh. blood. So they're basically just, like, blood socks and then, like... Uh, also, obviously, muscles and internal organs, um, but then no spine. They're just, oh, they're such weirdos. They're such Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they have predators, but I like the idea of a survival tactic being like, do you want to deal with this? Do you want to deal with any of this? And like animals just being like, ew, no, I don't, I don't like, I love just grossing out other animals, but I'm sure there's an animal Dave, that loves no. blood. Dave, you're actually exactly right. Their <laughs> evolutionary strategy is literally to be too gross to eat. That's uh, great. So um, <laughs> too gross, too squiggly and wiggly, and just predators do not like to deal with this thing, and they typically <laughs> will not mess with them. That's so, amazing. Uh, they, uh, th that is the whole theory behind this like squishy, jiggly situation is it makes it very hard for predators to get a good bite in. You remember right. those like water tube toys where it's like basically this elongated torus, like it's yeah. filled with like water and sometimes like glitter or something. You can't really hold on to it because it like one of those, yeah, one of those inventions that you wonder like what was the meeting that led yeah. to that? <laughs> exactly. Like, you know what kids like? Weird, just weird, gooey yeah. stuff. It's and like, they're not wrong. It's like plastic filled with water, but kind of turned in on itself, and so you can't really hold it. And kids love it. So, yeah, it's like one of those water tube toys, but also covered in slime. And yeah. so researchers, you know, biology researchers, I really, really respect them. Obviously, I wouldn't have a show without them. But I also think that a lot of them would be serial killers if they hadn't found biology. <laughs> um, because I feel the same about yeah. doctors. Yeah, yeah. But like, so these <laughs> these biology researchers took a bunch of dead hagfish and built a shark tooth guillotine to test out how hagfish avoid serious injury when bitten. So they're just like, well, we got these hagfish corpses and we're going to build a guillotine made out of shark teeth uh, and then just like put these hagfish in there. Uh, Incredible. <laughs> they also did some Ed Gein level experimentation where they would cut off the hagfish skin and reattach it with glue. Uh, because remember I said like it's only attached like to their backs, this skin. And so they're like, well, what if it was attached firmly to their whole body like our human skin is and then put them in the, 
back into the shark guillotine to see, you know, what difference does it make? Like, right. So they did find that that loose skin really does save them from the uh, from the shark bite. So uh, while the shark tooth guillotine was able to puncture the hagfish's skin, it was not able to puncture the muscle tissue. Uh, so due to the way that the skin slid against the muscle and skin heals can heal quite quickly, whereas muscle tissue does not heal very quickly. Um, and when they Ed gained the fish and like uh, glued the skin onto its dead body again, great work, biologists love yeah. you. Um, keep doing this and please do not give in to any other dark desires because what you're doing is great. <laughs> Yeah, so, <laughs> this is your outlet. Use your outlet. P- Continue with this and literally nothing else, please. So, yeah, when the skin was firmly attached to the hagfish, uh, the shark guillotine worked like it was able to puncture the fish's muscles. So it really was being, you know, a blood sock <laughs> that prevented right. them from sustaining serious injury from getting bitten. I love that because had they just done the first experiment and found that the skin protected it, that's all I needed. I'd right. be like, oh, the skin protects it. And right. Like, but wait, let's glue the skin. And it's yeah. like, I don't, I don't need. Okay, sure, go for it. I guess. Like, yeah, just like, well, you know, we've got all these dead hagfish, and yeah. we do have this shark tooth guillotine. So I do kind of want to uh, cut off all its skin and glue it back on. Anyone with you think me? After, yeah. <laughs> Where afterwards, where they're like hagfish fight, and they uh, just start slapping <laughs> each other with it. I mean, that would be highly unethical. Highly yeah. unethical and super fun. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they, in addition to this loose skin situation, they've got another trick up their sleeves if there is a of a shark or something that is very determined to try to eat one of these guys. Um, remember how I said they are absolutely covered in slime? Mm-hmm. They have over 100 slime glands, and they use them to produce a just ridiculous amount of slime and it's this thick milky white translucent and actually semi-fibrous material it looks exactly like ectoplasm you know how like ectoplasm is described in like uh old like victorian era seances or represented in like uh i guess ghostbusters it's always this like kind of like thick goo um yeah that is, it is, it's exactly that. Like you could, if you use hagfish slime, you could, you know, do a seance and be like, ah, ectoplasm. Cause it looks like what I see ectoplasm described as by, you know, g- ghost experts. I don't know what they're called. I love the idea of a medium, like a scam artist keeping some hagfish because they need ectoplasm. <laughs> like there's nothing else. There's no other, no other sorts. And this hagfish is like, it's a living. <laughs> <laughs> I have a weird question. Sure. Are they happy? With all the like, slime? Like, do they have a good life, the, the hagfish? I think they I'm do. One... I think they okay. do. And I'm going to explain why. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> so because they're so slimy, uh, it actually, um, and, and fibrous and thick, it's like it actually will clog up the gills of predators. So um, while I do not have gills, uh, I am can only imagine that having a bunch of that thick, nasty goo in my gills would feel horrible. Yeah. Uh, and like, so these predators will back off and try to clean the the gunk out of their gills because they need their gills to breathe. And right. because they are just so slimy and nasty and and like just all this goo happens when they agitate these uh, hagfish, most predators just avoid them. 
altogether. They learn they just do not want to mess with these guys, even though they are essentially these giant ramen noodles of the sea, which would probably yeah. be delicious to a predator uh, if they weren't covered in slime and had their weird, like, blood sock skin. <laughs> just they're Yeah, they're just, just not worth the trouble. Yeah, and so, like, uh, they uh, basically then have free run to uh, have a lot of fun and eat stuff at the bottom of the ocean. And so, you know, I mentioned earlier that they don't have jaws, which makes it seem really difficult for them to eat. Um, and instead of jaws, they actually have a pair of tooth-covered plates, which I do got to say, uh, and parents cover your little kid's ears, it looks a little bit like a vagina dentata, <laughs> you know? Yeah, the we, we've been dancing around this. The entire... Everything about these worms is genital in nature. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Not to be, not to go too blue, too gross. It's very, well, you know how like alien, who was like, like Geiger, Geiger? The guy H.R. Geiger, yeah. H.R. Geiger, who did the aliens uh, artwork. And a lot of his artwork is like a little bit, a little phallic, a little sexual. It's like there's some of this like stuff in terms of uh, designing the alien to be like have sort of this like weird I don't know set. I'm not saying I find the alien from aliens sexual this is like a, no this is an but actual they were designed thing. that way yeah yeah exactly to represent a sort of like I don't know again this, like innuendo yeah this 100% looks like an H.R. Giger yes. drawing yeah yeah like this is a this fish is an innuendo like a horror yeah. in an innuendo yeah like, you look at them and you're like that's a little much it's a little, think? it's a little bit flaccid. Got kind yeah. of a vagina dentata going on. It's you know, it's he's it's a little naughty. I gotta say, a little naughty. Naughty uh, one, yeah. But so so, how does it use these uh, weird? Because like with the jaw, it's like okay, jaw, you chomp 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 like a Pac Man. What do you do with like tooth plates? Well, they don't chew. Instead, they use these tooth plates to grab onto flesh and rasp it. And rasping is basically just kind of like using that to like tear little pieces of flesh off or sometimes sizable chunks. And they will eat dead or dying marine animals who sink oh. to the bottom of the ocean. So like once you start sinking to the bottom of the ocean, there are all sorts of detritivores who want to eat you. But I feel like these guys are the scariest. So they will grab a hunk of decaying flesh or even living flesh if it's just a animal that's sickly and can't move anymore and they will wriggle and writhe in knots until they've torn off a healthy portion of that dead whale shark or anyone unfortunate to end up in a watery grave or even something that's only half dead um, and then uh, they will invite themselves inside the body uh, yeah. they will bore a hole inside and feast on the carcass from the inside out like they're at the world's grossest sizzlers, just like all having a huge party inside a dead whale. They're having a great time. They're having such a good time. And they can actually absorb nutrients not only through their mouth, but through their gills and skin, meaning they can slurp up the gooey decaying soup from inside a carcass like a tube-shaped sponge. Good for them. It's a reminder anytime you watch a horror movie where like someone finds a body and there's rats in it or cockroaches, what you're seeing is a party. Yeah. You're seeing those animals having a fantastic day. 
They've got and the game yes, it's on. Morbid. Yeah, They've got a they're carcass. Having a great time. They're having such a good time. Um, yeah. <laughs> and these worms, man, I really respect them. Like I, I was asking if they're happy because I think that that age old question, if you could be any animal reincarnate, I mm-hmm. think this is uh, high on the list for me now because they're, <laughs> they're so, I love them. Just eating dead uh, whales all day long. Yeah. They seem to be having a great time and I love that they're just too gross for anything else yeah. to eat and it, they're just freaking out sharks. I love it. I love that. <laughs> I want that for myself. Yeah. I mean, they are like, their brains are very small. Uh, they're very simple. They're like, like again, they're mm-hmm. like an extremely primitive fish. So, you know, they're, they're just, they have such a simple life of like being gross, slimy and eating stuff and partying. That's the life. No, that just, is the life. That's any like, like college bro. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Un- unfortunately for them, humans have taken an interest in their slime, um, because so, uh, yeah, uh, despite the fact that the slime is a huge deterrent for marine predators, humans, we, we're such perverts. We're always like, huh, interesting, a defense strategy that all other animals hate. Maybe we can eat it. It's like with a uh, spice, like spicy food, like spicy peppers. It's like, that is a way right. to keep, try to keep, um, bugs from eating the pepper. And uh, we're like challenge accepted. And, and we're like, and, and like birds actually are, are not, they, they can't. Uh, that doesn't have an effect on birds. And so therefore a bird can eat like a pepper and like dispense the seeds for the plant and it's fine. But then an insect that would kill the plant uh, before it's ready to um, spread its seeds around, uh, then like, you know, the the bug is vulnerable to that. But then along comes humans and we're like, hey, I'm going to eat this pepper because it hurts my mouth. And that's, that's, that's hot. It's I love fun. that. It's fun. Yeah. It's like a, it's like, you know, my mouth is masochistic. I love that. So it's the same deal with the slime. We're like, that is disgusting. No animal wants to eat that. Let's eat it. So uh, it's so rich in protein. Hagfish slime can be used as an egg white substitute. And it's apparently pretty good. Um, I mean, why? Why would you use it as an egg white substitute? I I guess it doesn't harm an animal, right? Or does it? you gotta get it from the hagfish and the way to get the slime from the hagfish is to like annoy it so like you're basically annoying and stressing out hagfish and they're like you know gooping out slime it's not vegan it's not it's not vegan it's not vegan i mean why replace i don't know i guess it's i mean it's probably more sustainable than chicken eggs i don't feel like it sounds like it would be but I don't know. I would accept really. a world where we stop eating meat. We stop like where what we do instead is just annoy animals for their food. <laughs> I, I do like that idea. Like it's a it's an upgrade, you know. Technically, yeah. we're not killing them. We're just bothering. Them, I wish which we could is what just we do like with pets. I wish we could just like kind of tickle them though, and then they like go tee yeah. and then like goosh out some of their slime. Like that would be, yeah. you know. But I that don't know. Would be preferred. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guess like thinking about it like chickens are probably more intelligent than hagfish so they probably are more like can like suffer more when we are you know exploiting them for eggs or something in bad conditions but maybe hagfish are less like aware of the situation hopefully if chickens are in good conditions is what's going on is they lay eggs we take them they're like i just laid okay Gonna make more eggs. Like, is that what's going on? No, they just keep going, ah. Well, no, it's, right. it's probably fine. Like, if they're in good conditions, I don't think it really, it, it's not a big problem because uh, they, those are just like unfertilized eggs. So they would, they would, uh, 
I mean, in the wild, I think because they were domesticated and selected for increased egg production, uh, wild right. birds, I don't think, would lay that many uh, unfertilized eggs. Um, but they're not like annoyed. Or at all. Like, they're not like, oh, come on, stop stealing my no, eggs. No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, maybe. Uh, I, I, I don't really know the psychology of a chicken. But sure. uh, no, I, I don't think they'd be that <laughs> disturbed because they probably, I would imagine they might have a sense of like, these are fertilized eggs, but I don't actually yeah. know. I've never raised chickens. I don't know that much about chicken farming. Um, so maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're like, they're like my baby every time you scramble an egg. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who <laughs> um, can say? But yeah. So uh, in addition to being an egg white substitute, hagfish slime fibers are so strong and pliable Researchers are trying to reverse engineer them to create flexible, strong fibers for, I guess, technology. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I read something where it's like the military is looking into this. It's like, of course they are. They have such a huge... They have such a huge budget. They're just like, I don't know, get some slime and make weapons out of them. We'll just make everything weapons. So what you're you're sort of saying is in Spider-Man 2, Mm. the the amazing Spider-Man 2 where Electro falls into a vat of electric eels in the mm. lab, that's mm-hmm. not far off from realism. I like feel, there I, might... I bet there was some kind of like arms, uh, in pers- like military research and development person watching that movie and going like, huh. Hmm. Yeah. Well, could we? <laughs> yeah, or they're like, oh, they know about our eels. Like it's one or the other. <laughs> Making a phone call, they know. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, you know, could we just, I, I I would like there to be some discovery where it's like, it doesn't immediately become militarized. That would be nice. Like, can we that just, would be. can we just let him be slimy, you know? Right. But once again, man is the villain. Uh, <laughs> we were the villain the oh, whole time. We humans. were the real monster. Yeah. Um, twas- At least we're not trying to eat them. I, I'm glad we're just annoying them. Yeah, no, we'd still also eat the whole, uh, uh, the whole dudes. Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> They're apparently very tasty. You know, I don't know. Yeah, man. they don't look tasty, but they sure. they do. They decidedly do not. But apparently, I guess they're like a big sausage. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they do. I guess they look like a big sausage. That's true. Well, on that note, we're going to take another quick break. You can, um, you know, change your change your shorts if uh, this got too scary for you. If you're too spooked, yeah. <laughs> if you're too spooked. Um, and we will be right back. Where's my soundboard? Leave all this in. <laughs> Here we go. This one's just called Strange. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, I don't know what that was. this is the worst the worst sound pack i've ever ever yeah this isn't great it's It's not not good it's not good here's a bell it says nice that's a good one that's a good one that is oh and it's going it keeps going i guess Mm. (laughs) we'll be right back are you ready to take charge of your health journey Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. 
If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. All right. And we are back. And I have a question for you. Do you think that the boogeyman is real? Ooh. Like like a a man who boogies down, like he's dancing. Yeah. Disco dancing. Yeah, he's very real. I guess disco died, and so disco would be undead. So that's spooky, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. There's, uh, yeah. Sure. Sure. There's boogeyman. Yeah. Boogeyman. Yeah. So that makes, that makes sense to me. Um, but what we are actually going to talk about is a real life boogie woogie worm, uh, who wants to kill you. Oh, no. Oh, no. What was that? Is someone in a like a a wind I've, chime store? I've got like, like a bunch of wine glasses, and I'm going to town on them. You know, yeah. with the like the rims, and you go. Oh yeah, but spooky. Anyways, yes, uh, this is the Lanomia obliqua, and it is not exactly a worm, but a silkworm. So silk silkworms are actually the caterpillars of the giant silkworm moth. Uh, They are found in South America, and they are not used in silk production for a very good reason. So these are actually quite cute. I think they're fluffy little caterpillars with black, brown, and white banding on their torso and green pine needle-like hairs that sprout all over sprout out all over their bodies and yeah they're they're cool looking they look like cool caterpillars yeah i wouldn't want to touch them because of the the pine needle things uh but they're very they're they're yeah they're little grubs i like yeah yeah uh they're also highly social and will form big groups often huddling together on a tree trunk 
And when they are startled, say by a loud sound, they will jump up in a defensive posture. So when you have whole groups of these guys huddled together and you startle them, they'll all jump up at the same time like they're dancing. But they're not dancing. You're just kind of pissing them off. Um, Yeah, and you you don't want to piss them off. But I shared with you, there's a video. (laughs) That's adorable. That's so cute. It's very cute. That is, oh my goodness. That's like when I when I startle both of my cats at the same time. <laughs> and they both look up. That's so cute. Yeah. No, it, it, it's very cute. Um, it's kind of a mean thing to do because you're basically just startling these caterpillars. Um, but yeah. also, um, you probably don't want to piss them off too much uh, because uh, I guess I forgot to mention, they are the world's deadliest caterpillar. Oh. Yeah. Good for them. So, Dave, you, your instincts are like right on today because uh, you're correct not wanting to touch them. Those pine needle like bristles on their bodies are actually called urticating hairs. And mm. many caterpillars have them. Even other types of animals like spiders have them. Uh, in fact, plants sometimes have them. So an urticating hair is any kind of hair or bristle that um, sometimes they're covered in barbs or a toxin that causes irritation, harm, or in the case of the Lenomia obliqua, actually death. So wow. these hairs on this caterpillar are hollow, and each hair has a gland that dispenses a highly potent toxin that flows through these hollow hairs like little syringes, and it's covered in these hairs, and each hair has its own little venom gland. And so touching or stepping on the caterpillar will cause you to be pricked and envenomated, the venom messes with your blood's coagulation. Coagulation is important because it is what uh, basically regulates your blood's ability to form clots. And clotting is important not just for like wounds outside of your body, but wounds inside wounds inside your body, like tears or rips in blood vessels, you know, damage to cells, things like that. And so, if you have uh, too much coagulation, you can form blood clots, and this is the method of action of a lot of venom. But if you have too little coagulation, you can actually have hemorrhaging, like a lot of bleeding. Um, And both of these things are quite serious. And the L. obliqua uh, toxin actually causes both problems. So uh, the venom contains these powerful anticoagulants, but it's not just an anticoagulant. It completely messes with your blood's coagulation process. So when it first enters the bloodstream, it actually can cause blood clots throughout the body. And then it causes the opposite problem by actually causing a bunch of bleeding. Uh, and so uh, all this, wow. this uncontrolled bleeding, the inability to form clots inside of the body can cause things like brain hemorrhage, damage to kidneys, and it can often be fatal. So the death rate uh, is about 2.5% with treatment. Now, that doesn't sound bad, right? It's like, ah, you know, you said these are super deadly. Uh, But consider that in the U.S., venomous snake bites have a death rate of about 0.05% when treated. So these things are more serious than snake bites in the U.S. Wow, these little guys will mess you up. They will mess you up. Aside from like a virus... It, like these feel like one of the smallest things that can kill you, like uh, organisms. Yeah, I think I'm trying to think. Box jellyfish are quite small. They can also kill you. 
the blue right. spotted octopus. I, I guess those are probably a little bigger, maybe around the same size. I don't know. Maybe maybe bigger in total mass or something. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are also quite small. Palm of your hand can also kill you. Yeah, but like obviously mosquitoes can kill you, but it's not the actual mosquito. Right. It is the the uh, vi- virus that they are transmitting to you or the pathogen that they are transmitting to you. Um, These so, little guys are like assassins. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes like you never actually, even know. Yeah, yeah. I think they're actually sometimes called like assassin caterpillars. So right. yeah. And remember I said like earlier, they're highly social. You saw that they form this big group on the tree. And so the most dangerous cases of envenomation aren't like if you kind of just like touch one, it's going to suck. It's going to hurt really bad. You're going to probably get bruises. It's, it's, it's a bad time. Do not ever touch these. Um, but you probably wouldn't die if you just got like one little prick from one little caterpillar. Um, if you're a grown adult, you're in for a bad time. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. if you touch multiple ones all at once, that is really a dangerous situation. And so if you like lean your hand against a tree and you're not paying attention, like say you're in Brazil, like in in the in the rainforest, and you <laughs> lean against a tree uh, and you like. Um, and the tree's like, huh, this tree's awfully fuzzy. And then you look and your hand is just covered. Yeah. In like, and that is, uh, that's a really bad time. And in fact, there's been an increase in envenomations. And that is because we have been encroaching more on forest territory in places like Brazil. And so the more humans are closer to these areas where these caterpillars are, the more accidental uh, envenomations happen. And they can be very serious. The rainforest is a lot like the ocean. Where just don't go in it. Yeah, That's just, it. just don't know, go in it. Respect it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. just like it, you can visit it if you want, but like, yeah, and if, respect yeah, if, it. If you go in it, don't touch anything. Yeah. Don't exactly, assume yeah. anything is a no. tree or a rock. That's don't touch right. anything. That's right. You got it. You got to respect it. Yeah. Uh, man, I, yes, I, I, I think that like it is a little bit of a hint for us, isn't it? Because like it's all, it also yeah. sucks because I don't like the people who get, you know, like the, envenomated by these caterpillars they don't like deserve it like and it's often yeah, children and it's so, all, and chi- it's like often children because they don't have like that much spatial awareness and like they're little right. and so it's a lot more serious for them so it's like it just really sucks like you know we got we got to respect nature because it's you know we need it I, and it's yeah. also sometimes dangerous <laughs> i feel like this is one where like you look at this caterpillar and you kind of instinctively know like i probably shouldn't touch that yeah. caterpillar so you're right is that it feels like a lot of it's accidental. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, it can still mess you up if you accidentally yeah. brush up against it. Yeah. You just lean against a furry tree and next thing you know, you're in the hospital. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, man, they're uh, they're adorable. But yeah, they're, they're that's, I mean, again, good on them. They're taking down giants. So yeah. that's neat. But yeah, you're right. Is that the, it's a. Uh, it feels like the people affected by this aren't necessarily meaning them harm. No, no, no. Like, you know, like little children, maybe they're like unaware or step on one or like, yeah. like touch one intentionally, but because they're children, they don't know. So Some yeah. of them are going to put them in their mouth. Yeah, and are. that can be bad as well. That that <laughs> that's Yeah. Because then they're covered in that toxin. You get that in your mouth. Bad, bad stuff happening. Bad. Don't do yeah. that. Yeah, don't do that. I mean, like, that's that's the point of the toxin is to ward off predators. To be like, eh, yeah. you're going to get, you know, you're going to get messed up. Because it causes a lot of pain, too. Like, when you when you touch it, like, you you immediately know something's wrong because it's very painful. Right. So, yeah, it reminds me of, like, like stinging nettle and all those. Yeah. 
those plants where it's exactly. like yeah yeah i mean a lot like those a lot of those plants there the the stinging portion of them is actually urticating hairs the same kind of system that these caterpillars use which is it's yeah. really fascinating it's really interesting bugs um, are like meaty plants in a way <laughs> Like, well, like <laughs> they live in the plant world. They're very closely mm. connected. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the they take a lot from the plant world. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously there's bugs that look like plants. Yeah. But it feels like they also like that the plants can eat them and they eat plants. Like what a what a life. What yeah. a relationship. Well, imagine living in a home and being like, but you can eat the walls. But watch mm. out because every now and then the walls will also eat you. Hmm. That'd be a fun home, I gotta say. Like you, it would be kind of kept fun. on it's your like... toes, but you can eat the walls. That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. there's a, there's all sorts of cool relationships between bugs and plants, insects and plants, and also spiders and plants. Uh, just mm-hmm. just an amazing kind of like um, I've, I've talked about this on the show before, but like a pitcher plant and a spider, they both uh, these like I think they're called orchid spiders, and the spiders look kind of like flowers. They're they're very they're very beautiful. And then they live in these uh, pitcher plants and they both eat insects. And so uh, you'd think that the spider by living in the pitcher plant is just stealing insects from the pitcher plant. But actually the spider's presence gives the pitcher plants a higher kill rate uh, when it comes to bugs. Because like essentially the spiders, if the spider doesn't like successfully catch the bug, it's at least like driven it into the pitcher. Um, And then uh, or it will like suck out the juices from the bug, drop the rest into the pitcher, and the pitcher plant can actually digest more of it than the spider can. And then when the spider dies, it actually will drop into the pitcher plant. And then, like, you know, it's funny because they're, like, friends, have this great relationship, and then, like, the spider dies, and it's, like, it's last gift. Like, I bequeath to you my body. Enjoy. Yep. It's it's Homer eating the lobster and crying. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And this pitcher plant crying it doesn't know yeah, neither of them buddy. know none, none of neither of them know no. what's going on they don't know what's going no on awareness. but what they're doing is great they're working it's yeah, great they're, what it's they're great doing. it's co- cooperation to really screw over these little flies um speaking yeah. of speaking of spiders actually to to um uh, last sort of a uh, topic of the episode just short little story uh it's a cute little halloween story about spiders there are species of spiders that build Halloween decorations specifically they will build giant spider effigies <laughs> in the Peruvian Amazon as well as in Madagascar there are these two species of cyclosa spider uh, they're very small spider and they use dead bugs and other debris to build giant spider shaped sculptures on their webs oh is this I assume to make themselves feel like they're bigger spiders <laughs> It's a like, real confidence booster. No, yeah. I've, I've shared you uh, at, at the bottom of the dock. There's an image of it, so you can really see it. Does it does like from a distance? It would fool you. It looks like a spider. Yeah, like a big old spider. Absolutely. Yeah, and they're these, little spider statues. Yeah, and the exact purpose of these uh, sculptures is unknown. These are relatively recently discovered spiders, but the leading theory is that this is an anti-predator defense system. So like right? there's lots of of insects or, you know, other things that would love to snack on these spiders because they're little. These are like three millimeters big. Um so they're a tasty snack to a lot of predators. But they are these predators would be much less likely to try to tangle with a spider like ten times that size. 
and they don't realize that this huge spider is actually just a fake one built out of a uh, built out of a bunch of dead fly corpses. And so I just it's it's adorable to me. Just like well, I'm just a little guy, so I better build a big spider. It's like yeah. oh, it's like in uh, a Bug's Life where they build the giant bird. Right, um, or it's yeah. like Wizard of Oz with the, yeah. the wizard. Like it, it's <laughs> exactly this little guy just pretending to be a bigger guy. Like, I love yeah. it. Yeah, I'm real big. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I want him to like jiggle the web to yeah. make it move a little. I wonder. Yeah, no that way. would be interesting. Because yeah. yeah, we really don't know exactly like what they do, their behavior. They're they're so recently discovered. But yeah, I, I yeah, like God, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily be surprised because I know that there's there are animals that will do things like move around to make their deception more convincing like this uh there's a viper that has like a tail that kind of looks like a worm and they'll kind of move it around like a little worm and then a mm. uh, or an insect or a spider oh right there's a viper that has a tail that kind of looks like a spider and they'll move it around in a way that makes it kind of look like a little spider scrabbling over a rock and then a bird comes to try to eat it and the snake just like grabs the bird. Man. So yeah, I, I'm really looking for if I read about any updates on this spider with more research coming out, I will update people about it because it's it's so good. I just love this the ingenuity of this little spider. Like it probably doesn't know what it's doing. It's just this evolutionary like it just one started putting right. dead bugs against the web, got eaten less, and then the ones that had the more convincing spider look, because it's it's not that hard to make this spider out of dead bugs because you just got a bunch of dead bugs in the center and then dead bugs on some of these supporting threads leading outwards from the web. And now you got yourself a spider. Right. So. Do you think they like, yeah, because you're right, is they don't know what they're doing. But do you think they were like, at first they built it out too far and they're like, no, that doesn't work for some reason because it doesn't look like a spider anymore. And so they have to like hone it in. Slowly, it's, it cannot. I can't imagine it works on an individual level um, where it is a single spider learning this process. I, oh yeah, I, I highly doubt that. I think it's more in terms of evolution, where it's just it, it's weird to think about. But evolution works on such an enormous scale over you know millions of years, and then with spiders, they reproduce so frequently. So millions of years for a spider is even longer in terms of like their how quickly they reproduce how many generations that is and so i can imagine it being to the point of where it is in, it is encouraging shaping the behavior in such a way that the spider's instinct to collect detritus and put it on the web um has just been yep. optimally shaped to be just the right amount so that it uh, it will protect it. But the spider itself, I don't know that there's any like that is following any template. Mm -hmm. I mean, similarly, the spider builds these amazing webs like they can they are capable of having an instinctive pattern that they just uh, go out and do. And so I think that's probably a similar thing where it's like evolution has driven them to create this like mental pattern that they are born with instinctively. And then they just right. perform it. They don't know why. They're just a spider. They're just like, yep. do, 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 I'm doing spider stuff. Yep. Like, this feels just right. a good time. <laughs> this just or feels right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It just works. It just feels like right. Yeah. They could be a spider serial killer because this is the equivalent of us like making a human statue using bones. Yeah. So we did I mean, that though. Like the catacombs, the, the Parisian catacombs, yeah. just like built a bunch, like chandeliers out of bones bunch yep. of bored monks and stuff like yeah they they really they're like they got 
the, we did it. We did we the did bone it. stuff. We did the as bone a society. Stuff. We're like, let's let's do let's have our bone run. Let's just see what we can build out of bones. The, it's like yeah. when you play Minecraft and you're like, I'm gonna make a dirt palace just for fun. Like that. That's yeah. We're like, let's let's do bones. Yeah, it's like it's like when you have when someone's bored, they will do make art out of whatever they have. And so these like bored monks in these like catacombs, it's like I don't know what we got. We got a bunch of bones. <laughs> yeah, let's uh yeah. let's do something with it. Yeah. Are we so different from from the spiders? Not really. No. The answer just, is no. Just fewer legs and arms and yeah. eyes. But then we're yeah. essentially exactly the same, honestly. Yeah. God, I love spiders. I, I had a little bit of a fly invasion, like these drain flies, because I went on vacation and they're like, ah, oh, nobody's here. I'm going to like find some water somewhere and like just a bunch of drain flies came. And then there was like this big pile of dead dead uh, drain flies. And it's like, excellent. I love to see that because I hate these drain flies. And then I look right. up and there's just this very fat, satisfied little spider. I'm like, dude. <laughs> I love you, man. This is just great. having a great time. Having a great yeah. time. I'm happy enough to sweep up your. It's essentially it's like someone you know eating a bunch of chips or drinking a bunch of cans and co- of coke and just like dropping them down. Yeah, suck the juices out of these flies and then just drop the carcass down. And man, I will I will tidy up for you because I appreciate you. This is great. Yeah, yeah. I I wish I would chips were like a pest for somebody else. I wish I got applauded every time I <laughs> ate chips. And they're like, good job. God, someone had to get rid of those chips. It's like a, gi- a race of giants. And it's like, we're sick of these delicious yeah, Doritos. <laughs> exactly. Can someone eat these Doritos? Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm your guy. <laughs> I got this for you. Yeah, that would be uh, great. A symbiotic relationship based mm-hmm. on our ability to love Doritos. Oh, I want it. I want it so Wonderful. bad. Well, uh, before we go, we've got to play a little game. Do you want to play a little game? Oh, no! Oh, my God. (laughs) That gentleman does not want to play a game. Yeah, um, that was a button on this just called torture, which (laughs) is, (laughs) again, best best soundboard ever. Um, Dave, this game is called Guess Who's Squawkin'? It's the mystery animal sound game. Every week, I play a mystery animal sound, and you, the listener, and hey, you, the guest, trying to guess who is squawking. So, is it any animal, or is it a specific any type of animal? No, okay. any. It can be literally any animal. Okay. I won't trick you and do a plant, but yes, any animal. Thank you. Okay. All right. So last week's hint was you've been lied to. These guys don't have wings. All right, so can you guess who is squawking? You've been lied to? They don't have wings? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think of what food. Buffalo? You are correct. Yes. Yeah! This is the African buffalo. It is found in sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah, and so they are not to be confused with the American bison. Yeah, this is uh, actually also not an ancestor of like domesticated cows. Uh, this is a separate sort of line. Um, but yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> what I like about these guys is they are literally undomesticatable. They are so ornery and unpredictable that humans just kind of gave up. They're just like, no. Nah. <laughs> 
They're the, what? They're like the worms where we're like, they're ah, just, I don't yeah, they're just they're just the worms. But in the hagfish. Uh, yeah, just like these huge, huge buffalo with horns. Um, they don't like to be messed with. And we gave up on ever trying to domesticate them. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, buffalo, they had some trouble. They were hunted a lot. But I like the current state where it's like I, I it's my favorite thing about places like Yellowstone where you hear like a tourist mauled and the response is like, yeah, shouldn't have gone near him. Yeah. And those like, are, so those are actually American. Uh, I know we call them buffalo, but they're actually they're bison. Bison. Right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we say like, where the buffalo roam, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, th- those are those are uh, American bison. They look somewhat similar. Bison are shaggier. The African buffalo doesn't typically have that shaggy coat. Uh, its right. horns are a little different. Uh, they have more of um like a handlebar mustache on top of their heads. That oh yeah yeah like yeah. Horns. But yeah no they I mean American bison do well like if people like think they can just like walk up to them and like because they're fluffy and you know we don't think of herbivores as being dangerous. But then the bison is just like oh honey I yeah. gotta I gotta teach you a lesson and, and just I- <laughs> toss you. I had an aunt who worked at Yellowstone and there's very much this idea of like national parks are also theme parks. And it's like, they are not. <laughs> nope. There are places where you will die yes. and and you can't sue anybody for that. <laughs> you can't. Sue they will a, just go. Yeah, that's what happens. You can't sue a bison. You can't sue a buffalo. African buffalo are, are similarly dangerous. They right. will kill over 200 people a year, either yeah. by trampling, goring them. So uh, they are not to be them. trifled with. Yeah, don't go near them unless you really think you have a, a connection to one. Right. And you're it, like, oh, this one, this one will let me ride it. If you've written you know? your will out, settled all your affairs, yeah. and you look one in the eye. Actually, no, if the buffalo speaks to you, says like, it's okay, Dave, you can right. come here. It's a, <laughs> it is definitely going to murder you and be like, yeah, def- psych. <laughs> Multiple things are going wrong if that happens. Right. You have to be very concerned. Ride me, uh, David. It's fine. <laughs> then you have to wonder, like, what was the last thing I ate and drank? <laughs> uh, and then try to ride it. Yeah. It's got those horns. You can hold them like handlebars. Right. Yes. Uh, you can definitely hold them with your torso. Yeah. Having them inside of your torso going right mm-hmm. through it. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but good job. Good guessing. You you absolutely nailed that one. You na- well, you nailed it with the clue. I was like, yeah. what doesn't have wings, but we say has wings. <laughs> I was like, chickens? Nope. They have wings. They have chickens. Pigs yeah. when pigs fly? No, no. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, buffalo wings. Actually from a chicken. Weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> weird. It is weird. <laughs> like how <laughs> greenland is kind of icy it's, it's icy yeah i don't know why i don't know what the deal is what's the deal <laughs> what's the deal uh <laughs> anyways congratulations again to bob and to Stephen m for guessing correctly that this was the buffalo on to this week's mystery animal sound hint is just happy halloween Ooh. never more Waka 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 waka. Never more. Waka 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 waka. Well, so that, I assume that's Fozzie Bear drunk. <laughs> uh, it's the dark Fozzie Bear tapes that they don't want you to hear. 
Waka 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 waka. Terrifying audio. Yeah. It is actually an animal and not a human being. Do I get to guess? Yeah, absolutely. And if you're right, I will bleep you out. Okay, I'm guessing it's because, well, I won't explain why. Uh, you are absolutely correct. So you will be bleeped out. Okay. I, I, I do want to mention at the end, there was a little meow. That was, in fact, actually a cat. I guess the person <laughs> recording also has a cat. Uh, and so like the cat just starts meowing at this thing. These things happen. These, These things, things happen. happen. Yeah. You know, as a cat owner. Yeah. And I feel like any, anytime someone has like a weird animal, there's always a cat there in the background. Yeah. Like that's, that's just something they have too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, cats, it's, it's the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Cats are not impressed by other animals. I've noticed no. that about them. Generally speaking, like if you put a polar bear in front of a cat, the cat's going to bat at it. Like it doesn't <laughs> care. It absolutely doesn't care what it is. You've seen like cat meeting a dolphin and it just sniffs it. And it's, it's like, whatever, man. Yeah. Like they, they just don't care. What I love is that cr other creatures will genuinely like you've seen cats chase bears on YouTube. Yeah. They'll genuinely go, ah, so that makes me think cats are like the spiders of the mammal world where they're like, ah, those things freak me out. Yeah. And you the run off. They're the hagfish of, uh, yeah. of, <laughs> of the mammal world. Like mm. other animals just don't want to deal with them. Yep. They're too much. <laughs> and humans, for some reason, are like, well, I'll introduce this thing to my life. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I'll put this wild animal in my house. Well, Dave, thank you so much for coming to this Weenisode, to this spectacular. Yeah. I, I really appreciate it. Hope you're having a good Halloween. Uh, where can people Always. find you? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I quite enjoyed being on this. Um, I rarely plug my Twitter, so I will. At Movie Hooligan is my Twitter handle. Um, I do a podcast series, as you mentioned, with Tom Ryman uh, called Gamefully Unemployed, G-A-M-E-F-U-L-Y, Unemployed. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find that. And we mostly do movies. Uh, in fact, we almost exclusively do movie stuff and TV and entertainment uh, so yeah, we have a podcast where we go over the trailers of the week. We have a, a review podcast where we watch a movie every week and so on. So check that out. Absolutely. Check it out. Uh, it is a great podcast network and Hey, thank, thank you. you guys so much for joining me. If you're enjoying the podcast and you leave me a review. I read every single one of your reviews. Uh, and I won't lie to you. I like the good reviews the best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, and hey, you know what? Thanks to the Space Classics for their super awesome song, Exolumina. Creature Feature is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And guys, have a spooky Halloween. It's a dog! It's a spooky dog. Who's a spooky boy? <laughs>
If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.